0: Hi, this is Nick Underhill, and you're listening to a New .dot network podcast.
1: We back. We back in exactly. live. We have a little back. issue. That's what happens, you.
0: bro. When you when you when you use when you doing issue. live when you doing live TV when you are doing <laughs> live shows. This is what happens, right? Things happen. But I'm glad to have you back. I was just going over uh, some of the things that we'll be going into, talking about the trade deadline, uh, talking about that Zion picture that's got everybody talking about the things that's coming. Um, and then of course we're gonna close it out with with bringing to tip off with with the, the legend that is Herb Jones and uh, give away this this nice piece of material here bro this is a this is a nice it's a nice little little thing we got going on so you know i'll be him, looking man. to see yeah uh, we'll be looking to get that that trivia question now uh for that herb journal jersey but but uh man how, how's everything going bro how's everything in texas man
1: everything's blessed man uh crazy man i i was talking with uh our, our uh our host i would say our network uh manager uh mr nick underhill man these playoffs for nfl i know the saints are in it but They've been legendary. Like every game's been close. All the teams I wanted to lose lost. So now I think the city and everybody else is just root for the Bengals to go ahead and beat the Rams. Nobody wants to see them win. So nobody
0: wants to see them. Not at all. Not at all. You, I can tell you, you, you're in play, uh, Prosper. I can tell you in New Orleans that nobody in this nobody. city wants to see LA be great. So, uh, so yeah, I'm with you on that.
1: I want them to fail in all things. So uh, let's let's re- let's recap this week. So we talked about okay. last week. Um, how this is a tough week. We had multiple back to backs. We had another back to back tonight and, and tomorrow, um, and then Bi goes down right before all of it. Right, and so just that we can never get two things right on a floppy fluke play, man. Jeez. Man, can never never get two things right. Rather, he's going, JV's going, the team's going, Zion's out, and then Bi's out, and then JV's out. So, so you can never really build chemistry. Uh, with team, which, you know, is really doing them a disservice because, like, they're giving everything they got every single night. they playing against some of the best in the East, some of the best in the West every single night, and they playing without their two top three, top four best players every single night, and that's just, that's tough to overcome. So they they went 1-3 this week, Uh start off with a win um, versus Indiana. You saw uh Devontae Graham come back. Uh, he had a little issue with his knee, but you saw him come back and drop 25. Mm-hmm. Josh Hart had 22. Now was cooking with 14. And so that was the Indiana team that was also banged up. It was the battle of the injuries in that game. and yeah, so it was tough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and so in that game, it was a back and forth game all the way through, but what you saw was a team effort. You saw a lot of guys kind of pick up the slack from where, you know, you weren't getting it from BI. JV was still available for this game. It happened to be the one game that the Pels won this week. So what did you see from that game?
0: Yeah, man, that was a lot of a lot of what we've been seeing a lot, you know, this season in in wins, like a team win, um, you know, a lot of everybody kind of chipping in and doing their thing. You know, Devonte Graham obviously was rolling; he got a shot going. Uh, I always tweeted; I always let people know that, like his jumpers when he makes his jumpers they are so pretty like they make the prettiest sound they go straight through the rim uh he barely touches rim on his makes and it's like he was rolling it was good to see him have that game you know Devontae is such a streaky guy he was a streaky Mm -hmm. guy uh Charlotte uh you know he he's one of those guys that feeds off of himself right when he's rolling you can see his confidence going and you can see him kind of motivating himself kind of talking to himself and yelling to himself because he's an internal motivating kind of guy and so you 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 saw his jumper rolling. You saw him get going. Uh, Josh Hart, of course, did what Josh Hart does, you know, uh, compete on both sides of the ball, uh, get down and dirty, do everything that you know nobody wants to do, uh, play outstanding defense. And, of course, you know, the guys that I mentioned earlier that we're going to get into um, a little, little later in the show, Jackson and all, um, just kind of doing, just being steady, man, just being some steady players, uh, not making, not doing, trying to do too much. You know what I'm saying? Not trying to do the things that's outside of their strengths. Uh, and you saw them playing well. And so, you know, this emergence of Jackson and all, uh, you know, it's kind of continuing. You know, of course you have some good things, you have some bad things. But, you know, when they play well and they contribute, this team is a, it's a totally different team.
1: Absolutely. So that takes us into the Philly game, right? So Philly game, right before the game, you find out, oh, JB's not playing. It's like, ah, well, <laughs> uh, let's call on Billy, like always, right? It's one of those things where Billy will go weeks sometimes months, and just won't be in the rotation. And out of nowhere, he come out and get you a double-double. So not only in this game did he get you a double-double, he got you 29 and 10. Career night. After not playing for weeks and weeks and weeks, like, it's always good. Like, we talked about this, I tweaked about this. Like, it's always good to have a guy on your bench that you know you can go to. He knows the skill set. He knows what he brings. He may not play every game. He may not play bunches of games in a row. But when he gets in, you know you're going to get out of that. And so that was like an under-the-radar sign that I think all Pels fans really appreciate it because he signed for the long term, very little money. But it's a guy that every time he plays, he gives you a double-double. And so um, <laughs> this whole week was a combination of we have our superstars, you do not. And so the Philly game, again, back and forth, out, outmatched. But the Pels kept it close. And then the fourth quarter came. And Joel and B decided, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and put my MVP uh, uh, t- t- uh hat in the ring, and I'm gonna show out. And boy, did he man! Like there, we had nothing for him. Like that was, we tried to double, it didn't work. We tried to single, it didn't work. There was nothing. There was nothing we could do to stop him. Not very many people have stopped him this season. But uh, what what I did like from the game, and what I liked for the rest of the week. Was you saw, Nall be aggressive. And when we talk about Nall being aggressive, it's not from the perimeter. It's not <laughs> the perimeter,
0: right? It's, it might start at the perimeter, but it's right, not the finish. Right, right, right.
1: In that game specifically, he made a notion that I'm going to go to the rim over and over and over again. I'm either going to make the right pass. I'm either going to shoot the shot, knowing I'm going to miss, but I know that the Joel is coming over for the block, so Billy's going to get the offensive repass. Having that type of... That's what we've been looking for, Nikhil, all season long. Like, sometimes your shot don't go in. Sometimes the buckets aren't there, but play the right way, right? And so you saw... A little bit of that. He dropped 31. Uh, it, it wasn't the most efficient night, but it wasn't super inefficient either. So mm-hmm. a game like that is when you're like, okay, nah, like this, this is what we've been looking for. So mm-hmm. uh, it was a tough game. Uh, again, you know, Philly closes out with their closers, and like we, when the game gets close, we talk about this all the time. When the game gets close, at the end of the game, you got to go to your closers. When everybody's the fouls aren't there, the refs aren't calling it, is you go score or not? the pels didn't really have a lot of a, a, a lot of options. They didn't have a lot of answers cuz a lot of guys ain't been in that position before. And so, uh that's what you saw again in the Denver game. So, talk a little bit about the Denver game. Pels lose that one by 10. It was almost rinse and repeat of the night before, or the game before.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that Philly game was tough, man. That listen, they those guys played their asses off. Like, yeah. no, Nickel, Nikel showed that that talent, right? That 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 level that we can see every once in a while where it's like man if that me if that guy at pick 17 man, let's remember we'll talk about that pick 17 <laughs> if we could get that guy you know maybe once every three games or every other game like he would be a the the, the narrative on that would be totally different it would mm-hmm. be it would be night and day and so you know talking about Billy man just like that's that is that is the true prof- you know the definition of a professional right? The guy doesn't play for, for weeks on end, uh, and, and the, the thing is, and you hear AD, heard AD talk about it, like, it's not like he was, he got benched for playing bad. He got benched because Jackson is just a more athletic fit, right? Like, Billy was, Billy was playing really well before Jackson came back in and took his spot um, and kind of reclaimed his minutes that he had been playing before he got uh, sent to the G League and, um, you know, and Billy took over. So, you know, having Billy there just available, man, and, you could tell like he was catching Joel off off you know off guard a little bit. Like like I don't know how much of this the the, the scouting report is includes Billy Hernan Gomez, but like I don't know if Joel knew Billy had over the shoulder and he let bro, he looked like Hakeem Olajuwon out there. Like, he was hitting he was hitting Joel and jo, Joel was like, Wait, what the hell? Wait, hold on, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on to the tune of twenty-nine, like he was, yeah, he, was giving him, early, yeah, he was giving them buckets, but, but, but as always, like you say, like the Pelicans, the, the issue with the Pelicans is that they play enough defense and they play enough, you know, hard nose like competitive basketball to keep themselves within the game for the first three quarters. They'll go, they're going to be competitive regardless if they lose them by 20 or not. Like they're going to get like the game is never, ever going to feel like, okay, like they can't make a run, but the problem is that when you get into the fourth quarter, like it doesn't. Throughout the game, the 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 seventy sixers like they found Tobias and they found offense here and there. Like when when Billy got Joel in foul trouble, like they started finding other ways to to, to score. But when you get into the fourth quarter, when you get into money time, like they ran, like they they gave the ball to Joel every single <laughs> play, and that is what closers do. That's what they do. They they you give them the ball. And you 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 let them take you home, and so you saw uh Joel and Be uh, time after time get the ball on the block, and, and like just, just there was nothing we can do. And then when you have the firepower, the way Joel Joel is already a bad a bad matchup for anybody on the Pelicans, right. but when when you don't have the offensive firepower to match him, it it, it it becomes too much because you not only have Billy fighting for his life on the defensive <laughs> end. But like when we talking about Nikela and his inefficient game, like who else was gonna score? Like BI like, who else was gonna score? No, Biawa wasn't there, like nobody was there. And so, you know, when you when you have you know the 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 talent being being stripped away from your team like this, like you have to fight and claw. And then when it gets to the full quarter, man, it's just it's just Joel time after time after time, and and it was it was just nothing that we could do. And so um it, it's also and I, I've seen people talk about is it, it is very difficult for the Pelicans to kind of compete without without the stars in the full quarter also because they don't really have a point guard on the, on the team other than Jose and of course you know Jose getting into it with, with Joel and shout out to Joel for paying Jose is fine uh, that was you, cool. know, that was cool. you know you it, know it, Jose is is constantly showing you that you know his his energy not only does it is it infectious to his teammates, but it's it's infectious to his peers and they they respect him and they see the way he's playing and the way that you know he hustles and, and fights him and wants to be there so you you saw Jose kind of do what Jose does, but yeah, bro like you know, you get into the full quarter and you don't have a point guard to set anybody up. You don't have a ball handler to kind of get people in, in, in you know, into positions other than than Jose. Uh, and and so you you it's difficult to win without stars, without a point guard, like without three point shooting. Like we're behind the eight ball in a lot of a lot of these games without Zion, mm-hmm. you know, JV and Brandon Ingram. So it, it was tough to watch, but I was so proud of them for fighting because I I thought for sure Joel was going for sixty and it was going to be as a- as soon as I saw uh, JV was
1: I was like. Ooh.
0: Yeah, I, I thought for sure it was going to be one of them Joel and B, HB dive over and over again. <laughs>
1: so, I, but
0: I, you know, they fought. Shout out to Billy. You know, shout out to Nikhil for such a good game. But, you know, it is what it is when
1: you don't have your superstars. Right. And and so you go from Joel to Yoke, right? Yep. <laughs> That's fantastic. fantastic. Love Man, it. Yogi's had a 30-point triple-double on us. And, again, it wasn't for lack of effort. Like, again, Pelicans were close. Where have you heard this before? The Pelicans were close all game long. And here come Jokic, right? Like the double came, didn't matter. He found the open guy. They didn't send the double. He out there shooting threes like Steph from half court. Like when when you have players like that and you don't have stars on the other end to make them work, It's so hard. And so I see somebody in the comments talking about, hey, uh, the Pels are not a three point shooting team. And I absolutely agree with you. Like, eight for 34, like all week long, it was bad. They're 25th in the league in three point uh, shooting. And really, the reason why the Pelicans have been able to score even without them is because you have a Brandon Ingram. Because you have a Zion Williamson, because you have a J.D. who are all really efficient from inside the line. Well, when you take all three of them out, <laughs> of, the, out of the rotation, now you've got guys who are not efficient inside the line or outside the line. So now, is where do the points come yeah, from? Chuck so, fest, <laughs> exactly. So if it's not if it's not de- uh, defense to offense or transition offense. Like, the half court really just exposed the Pelicans this week. And so, you saw that in the Nuggets game. Uh, the Nuggets kind of ran away with that. at the end. You know, Pelicans only lost by 10. But in the fourth corner, once that switch kind of turned from Jokic, that was pretty much it. So, what would you get from the game? Man?
0: Yeah, that Joker is really, really good. Like, yeah. that dude – like, I, I feel like the game plan was to not allow him to get a triple-double, at least let him score or let him good get an assist. And it still did not matter. I mean – Bro, he is—he sees the game in a way that I—I just—I don't know too many people like I, guards, big men. Be damned! I like people don't see the game the way he does, and like he—he mm-hmm. he was seeing double teams come before the double teamer knew he was coming <laughs> for the double team, and so the second you took a step over, he's finding Aaron Gordon, he's finding his 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 players, and it's just you know it, it's tough, it's just tough, and again you know is is is. It's sad because, like, you you see the growth in this team, right? And you mm-hmm. see the development of all these tertiary players um kind of step up and do things that, you know, if any other time these would be <laughs> – we would be great to have Nikkels drop 15 and 16 and things like that. But when you don't have a superstar, like, those guys – there is no when you say next man up there is no next Zion there is no <laughs> next Brandon Ingram there is no next JV right when you say next guy up it means like that guy has to play out of his mind right or he has to like like Herb has to have that 29 point game hmm. against the Cavs without Brandon Ingram and, and and JV like those are the type of performances you have to have you have to have Josh Hart Go for twenty five or thirty or something crazy like that. Um, so it's difficult to for these for these guys to go out there and you know at the end of the game you know have to be spent so much trying to keep themselves competitive that when the game comes easy to these superstars like in the full quarter they can just run out the clock on you and and like score and, and and pass and and do these things that our players can't. And then when you talk about the when you talk about the inefficiency stuff like. Our shooters are catch-in shooters. They're yeah. not, like, Scores. dribble off the yeah. ground, off the ball shoot. Like, Devontae Graham, for as good as he is, he is a spot-up shooter. Like, that's yeah. what he is. He Like, he can get those difficult shots off, but at his core, he likes to catch and take maybe one step without dribbling and launch it. Like, that's that's what he likes to do. And so, when you have shooters like that, and, and Mikel is, is streaky, we know about Mikel and his three-point shooting, like, you have all of these players who are either streaky or who can't create for themselves who rely on Brandon Ingram. Like this roster was built to have those guys play off of JV and Zion and Brandon Ingram. Well, again, like you say, when you take all of them away, who they playing off of? <laughs> Nikel, Devontae, and all of those guys are perimeter players and only perimeter players. And so, um, you know, and, and until Nikel makes his decisions to go downhill and you see what happens when that happens. And so it's very it's just so difficult for these players to 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 play in these roles that. Not only were they they didn't prepare for, it, but they're just not equipped to do. Like they're mm. just not equipped to 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 run offense without. Like we got Herb, like being point Herb, man. He's <laughs> a second round pick. Like, imagine, imagine if he wasn't there, we'd be we'd be terrible. We'd be up butt creek. So you know, it's it is. It's hard to watch because you, you can tell that there's growth and there's development, and you can tell that these guys are buying in for Willie Green. But of course, you know, the narratives and the 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 you know, you are the record is what you are. Mm-hmm. And so you see these teams lose and, and all of that, and you you hear all of this talk um about maybe Brandon Ingram not even making the all-star team because of the the amount of games that he's missed and the losses that we've occurred and stuff like that. Um, and so it, it's just difficult to see these guys go through that. But you know, at the end of the day. You know the team has to continue to play, has gotta to play. continue to, to to compete, and and that's what they do. And some of these games we, we're going to end up winning. We got what thirty games left uh, after tonight, and so uh, thirty two games left after tonight, and so you know it's it's it, you just got to keep on chipping, and eventually you know we're going to get some guys back, and you're going to be able to put some wins together. But for now, you know it's the dog dog days of the NBA right now, man.
1: Yeah, speaking of dog days, that Boston game was tough. Uh, Woo! I was in the building for that one. Woo! <laughs> Jalen Brown and, and, and Jason Tatum, um, you know, they're special players in their own right. Like they're superstars in their own right, and they're still young and ascending. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you saw that, right? Like the Boston team is not a great team. They just have no two really good players. Um, I think I think it. Tatum Tatum had thirty. Jalen Brown had thirty
0: two. And I think their other starters like Al Horford, uh, Dennis Schroeder, and Grantwell, whoever started. I think they all total had like like 10 to 11 points. It was crazy. If you watch the box, look at the box score. If anybody been to the Pels game, you know that that box score, that big – like me and, and Greg, I, our oldest brother, we were looking like, bro, is anybody else going to score?
1: Like, <laughs> they anybody, need it. Like no – but they didn't need it. You're right. They didn't need it. So, I mean, you watch the game and Boston was in control the whole game. Like the Pels made it close. Shout out to Jose Alvarado. He had his season high. Uh, career high, I guess, He's a rookie. So nineteen points, and he was everywhere defensively. Four steals, like he was. He was keeping the pels alive, like trying to keep them in it with his energy. But man, you playing Jose Alvarado versus versus Jason Tatum, like you gonna lose that matchup. Like if you try to go bucket for bucket, that's not. That's not a matchup you want to have.
0: And so Man, speaking of that, them turn. I, I think Jason Tatum still hitting turnaround jumpers on us. I, I think they. He's still to this day. If he, if you go in the Smoothie King Center right now, he's probably still doing some turnaround jumpers.
1: I <laughs> yeah, mean, it, he was giving it, bro. It, it was tough. It was, it, it was a tough game altogether. Like, I don't have a whole lot on it. Um, it was just one of those games like, man, let's get through it. <laughs> let's just get through it, uh, get some health uh, back, and hopefully we can turn things around on Monday. But yeah, b- before we get into the jump on things, uh, on a couple of topics, uh, if you like the plays, like it on YouTube, subscribe to, to New Orleans.network. Uh, uh, retweet on Twitter. Follow us on uh, Pels, the underscore Pels Pod. We'll have different giveaways and stuff like that. Because if you're a Pels fan and you want to get to the game, we want to help you get there. Uh, we're doing this fan base is picking up steam uh, mm-hmm. rapidly, even through all the loss, even through all the turmoil. Everybody sees the fight that the team has and that the coach has, and that's buying into that. And that's that's exactly what we need. So. Uh, before we get started to kind of you know touch back a little bit uh, about what we talked about so I just want to have like a come to Jesus conversation real quick on Nikhil Alexander Walk, Walker and, and and now now we are obviously big fans of theirs and they're very young players they haven't had the seasons that everybody thought they would including the organization that built all the hype around them and I think that the hype going into this season is a reason why so many people, uh, are really, really like upset with these two players. So you and I did an exercise where we wanted to talk about, okay, let's look at the number eight pick and the number 17 pick, especially historically over the last 10 years. I'm going to read y'all some of these names. Let's, let's look at the number the 17 pick first. So shout out Trey Murphy. He was this year's pick. You got Alexei Pokazewski, Nikel, Dante DiMincenzo, DJ Wilson, Wade Baldwin, Rashad Vaughn, James Young, Dennis Schroeder, Tyler Zeller, Iman Shepard, and Kevin Serafin. How many of those players are good? Maybe Dennis Schroeder, but... mm, eh. So I'm going to do you one better. So after their third season in the league, guess who had better stats than DKL? None of them. None of them had better stats. Now, Dennis Schroeder had 11 points on 20 minutes. Tyler Zeller, 10.5 rebounds. Dante Divincenzo, 10.6 rebounds. But again, none of them were being asked, hey, we need y'all to carry the bench on a night-to-night basis. Hey, we need you to go be the number one scorer off the bench. All of them were in tertiary roles, fourth man off the bench role. Not a lot of them were being asked to carry the team's offense. And so when you look at the number 17 pick, it's like, yes, now make some bonehead decisions. He makes some takes some terrible shots from time to time. But I think a part of that is growth. Like we're looking at history. A lot of guys don't come into their own after three years. Like it takes us, it takes guys some time. And so when you look at it, you're like, man, this isn't the season we wanted. This isn't, you know, what we're expecting from Nas. Some people are like, man, trade him for a bag of zaps. Like, people are ready to move on. And I get the frustration and understand. But, like, look at his history. Like, people are like, hey, man, he's a bust. Look at what what we're going up against, right? Like, it's not a whole lot of success from those players. So, you and I have talked about it. So, what's your thoughts on, like, Nas' value? You and I have talked in depth about his shots weighing so much now. And that being a lot of what's kind of driving the hatred for all no, the dislike for all. No, but what are your thoughts and opinions on it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you know the seventeen pick, and again we've talked about this and about how like that class is grouped together, right? And because they are not really like. Living up to like what the, that class was supposed to be, they're unfairly being grouped together, and everybody is is mad at you know those three players talking about Zion Jackson and and Nickel for like all different reasons, right? There's all different reasons. Zion's injury and the frustration behind him is Jackson having to be benched in order to get the best out of him. And it's Nikel's shots in, in his, you know, in, in the way that he, you know, kind of plays the game on the perimeter when he's obviously so much better uh, turning the corner and going downhill. And so when you think about Nikel. You think about that list you just you just named off, and and I see some people in the comments talking. That's exactly where I'm going. We talk about Nikhil and and this role that he has right now, right? He's he's being asked to be like you said to carry the offense off the bench, but like even like now Bi and JV is are, are, are out, and so like now it's even more on on Nickel, right? And Nikhil is a polarizing player because number one there was so much between him and lonzo right there was like oh he's going to replace lonzo and lonzo's already a polarizing uh um, a polarizing player and so you know once once the 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 the, the story was that nikel was going to replace lonzo you know his the, the magnifying glass on him became like way higher than it should have been and then when you come in and, and and you you have to have him be a playmaker. Have that he has to be a scorer. He has to be the the best defender on the on the on the wing because I mean in the backcourt uh, because Herb is probably guarding the best uh, you know winged player. So you have to have somebody to guard in the backcourt, and it's not going to be Devontae Graham. It, you know Jose is playing well, but you know he's he's a shorter guy, and sometimes he gets that that taken advantage of. And then you know Thomas Adaranski isn't going to guard anybody, so. You know, nickel has to be the backcourt defender. And so you have all of these responsibilities on him. And he's a young guy who's figuring out what works for him and what doesn't. Right. He's in a he's in year three. And it's just like it's like he's trying to do things that like he's not great at, but he's working on them and trying to get better at them. And you can see those things happening for him. You can see it turning. You can see things, you know, sometimes when he when he gets rolling, like the team gets better. Uh, you know, he starts to like affect other people playing better. We we saw him hitting a couple of passes. Like he's 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 upgrading on his pass. He's working on on getting the ball to to, to uh, players and stuff like that. And so you see the development going, and you see the maturity coming. He's starting to talk more about going downhill and not trying to hit step back threes and things like that. And so like at pick 17 I just you you want to give this guy some grace and I get it that it's the NBA and it's a microwave generation it's the, it's the social media generation and and listen talent is coming in and out this league like crazy there are players that we we went to we went to saw Uh, We went to see, you know, we went down this line and we saw some of the people that's like on the end of of the bench in the NBA. You can recognize these names like these are guys who who hooped in college and stuff and names that you recognize. So the talent in the NBA is so expansive uh, right now that it feels like there are guys that come in right after him that's like, oh, that guy can be better. But not everybody, AD always says it. Growth is not linear. It is not linear just because he is, you know, you see Brandon Ingram getting better every year or you see this, this point guard or this guard getting better every year. Doesn't mean that the light comes on for everybody, you know, at the same exact time. And so, you know, you you, you see Nikel and you see these things that work, for, that work so well for him going downhill and using his athleticism and his length and his, you know, his ability to snake and finish around the room. Uh, and you just hope that you know he can kind of get that and bottle that in because it's gonna be time to make a decision on Nikel soon, whether it be trade or contracts or whatever the case is, it's gonna be time to make a decision um, you know, on Nikel. And so, you know, you you love what you see from him. He he comes out and he has a confidence about him that makes it look like like he he looks like he feels he's better than the person guarding him. And you much rather have a person that you want you have to reel back in. Then we sat through Eric Bledsoe. We saw, please, bro, just do something. Let us know you are alive <laughs> out there. So so, it, it, you know, you much rather have somebody have to reel in. But but I'm a, I'm a fan of Nikhil. And I see, you know, I see there are things, you know, as a, as, a, as a coach, I see things about him that not a lot of people can do. Like, you know, not a lot mm-hmm. of people have the bag that he has, can can get down the lane and stuff and do some of the things that he does. Now does he make bald head plays and do things that frustrate me? Absolutely, just like everybody else. But I just think that, you know, we saw this week that there is something there. And you just got to kind of give him the, 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 you know, give him a, a little space, a little time, a little leash. And don't be so critical about every single game and every single dribble he does. Because remember, the things that he's doing right now, he shouldn't have to do um and and hopefully won't have to do once this team becomes whole.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So obviously that's not on the 17th pick. You're like, okay, seventy pick outside the lottery. You expect a lot. Right. So let's look at number eight. Everybody hates that. You know, we drafted Jackson so high. Everyone says a reach. He was a project, right? So he's a project. He's just now turned 21. Trey Murphy was on uh Instagram live the other day talking about how the how the rookie hazy going. He's like, man, Jackson over here hazing me. And he's like a month uh older than me. Like it's <laughs> it's wild to think about. So look at number that, some of the number eight picks uh in history. You got Alfred Ruckamino, shout out, ex-Pelican, mm-hmm. Brandon yeah. Knight, Terrence Ross, Kentavious caldwell Pope, Nick stouskis Stanley hey, Johnson, easy. Marquise Chris, Frank Nikki. Oh my goodness, Colin Sexton. Uh, Jackson Hayes, Obi Toppin, who's kind of following the same model as Jackson, and then Franz Wagner, who's who's hooping this season. Yeah, yeah. so Frant you got a hooping. lot of guys again who, by their third year, the only person averaged ten was Brandon Knight, and that's because he was shooting uh thirty five percent from the field. So Ooh. yeah, and because he had unlimited shots. And so you look at the team, you're like, okay, so you drafted a project. He's averaging seven points on half as many minutes as all those people, and he's still right along the same trajectory of all of those p- picks at page eight. So, like, you look at Jackson, again, there's so many things similar to Nikhil where, like, on a night-to-night thing, you get frustrated. It's like, man, he's not in rebounding position. One, he's severely undersized at the five. Like, he's, he's, he just weighs less than every center in the league, so they throw him out the way. Two, he hasn't played a lot of basketball. And I feel like rebounding is one of those things where, like, you learn from playing basketball for years and years and years. And he's mm-hmm. not there yet, right? He gets some boneheaded fouls where you're like, Jackson, just be seven foot tall. Just put your arms out. You don't have to foul. But again, those are things that comes with experience and things like that. So you see these glimpses where he'll score 15 points in like eight minutes. You'll be like, why can't you do this every night? Because mm-hmm. he's 21 and he's learned how to play the game. That's why. So, uh, I mean, I look at it very similarly to nah that, His minutes, Na's minutes, what they're doing, there's a spotlight on it because B.I. has missed a fourth of the games played already. J.V. has missed a fifth of the games played already. And Zion has missed 100% of the games played already. (laughs) So every single time that they shoot, it's like, oh, man, that guy's a bust. And so – It's just, I I think it's tough for these young players because they're trying. They're trying to keep the team afloat. They're fighting. Willie Green is trying to get the most of them. But there's going to be inconsistencies in young players. Like all these players in the NBA, they can all hoop. But the ones that turn into superstars and stars are the ones that can do it at a consistent level night after night after night in an efficient way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's it's tough to look at. But to your point, and, you know, let's get it. Let's just jump into it. The trade deadline's coming up. You got guys in thir- their third year. You got guys like Josh Hart and, you know, with a brand new flexible contract coming up. Where do you sit on some of the CJ McCullough, the De'Aaron Fox, the League guard type That like, are you willing? Are you of the mindset of some people that's like, hey, trade these guys for whatever you can get for them? Or are you, hey... We are a small market team. We need to build organically. We need to, you know, sustainable success, like like David Griffin says. <laughs> or you somewhere in the middle where it's like, hey, we're a competitive team. We haven't had our best player all season, but we want to make moves that can help us this season and in the year moving forward. Where are you at with it?
0: Shout out to Zion. I'm glad you asked me that question, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you asked me that question. So here's the thing, right? First of all, I am one hundred percent on the De'Aaron Fox wave. Um, I've, I've said it a, a million times. I think. First of all, I think everybody needs to understand that talent costs, right? Talent costs. You're not gonna get. They're not gonna give you De'Aaron Fox and or CJ McCullum for Thomas Sadoransky
1: <laughs>
0: and a Smoothie King, you know, coupon book. and like some nachos from the blender like it's not gonna happen like that you have talent costs like it does and sometimes it costs some of the people that you love some of the people that you are a fan of some people that you've grown uh to love maybe you know as a person outside of basketball you know and those things and you know it's just the nature of the business and so I'm all on Darren Fox uh I've told you uh I mean a million times that you know he's He's 25 years old. He's under contract for the next four years. Um, He's from this city, and anybody from this city knows that when, when you are from New Orleans, you have a certain pride for this city, and I think Eli Apple is aware of that now. Oh, um, you you have a certain pride for this city, like you have a you have a love for this city. It is New Orleans versus everybody, and so you know I, a lot of things are talked about Darren Fox out there about you know he's he's distant from the team, and he's you know he, he he doesn't care, and he's not a leader and things. And I think that years of being in Sacramento, bro, like it it has it has it has broken them. Like it is has it broken. It they are that is. When you talk about a franchise in disarray, that is a <laughs> that is a franchise in disarray. They talk about moving the Pelicans. Move, they need to, yeah. yeah, that that is that is crazy. Um, but like, I, I think that. When you when you when you, when he comes home and he puts that 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 New Orleans across his chest, like he'll you'll start to see like he'll he'll fall back in love with the game and and you know we talked about what Willie Green did for Josh and mm-hmm. Josh Hart talks about what what Willie Green instilled in him. He Josh Hart said he was ready to go. Like he hated coming to work last year. Like could you imagine an NBA player hating to come to <laughs> to play games for you? Um, but like like. You see, like, now Josh Hart says, like, I have a newfound love for the game of basketball. Like, I have a new, you know, a, a new sense of pride in, in basketball. You can see it on the court. Like, it translates on the court. And so I think that Josh Hart uh, – I mean, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Willie Green has that effect, could have that effect on a player like Darren Fox. Um, and I think that his his style of play, you know, just outside of the intangibles, his style of play, getting up and down the floor uh, with, with a B.I., with a Zion. And we've seen – Time and time again, like with Zion on the floor, with with supposed to be a great defender and Lonzo on the floor, when the full quarter comes, that guy knows how to win. Like he may not be winning on that Sacramento team, but like we've watched him personally come down and literally like shot, 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 shot um, and, and just like destroy us. And so, um, you know, when it when it comes to De'Aaron Fox, he's a guy that I would be willing to part ways. Um, you know, with some extra, with some extra, some talent or whatever the case is, whatever um, those guys will want. Um, you know, not not too much, not not something crazy. So, so like let me ask you everybody. this. Let me ask you this. Who's
1: off the market? Who can not be traded?
0: Herb JV Bi Zion. Okay, that is yeah. that is that is where I am. You know, where I am with with that. I think that. You know, Herb is obviously uh, you know, he's a tr- one of the a transcendent defensive player. I'm ready to to say that he is a transcendent defensive player. Um, you know, and, and BI, obviously, JV and her and, and Zion, they speak for themselves. Um Doesn't make I, sense I, I,
1: though,
0: yeah, yeah I, I just like I just like I I like I like uh De'Aaron Fox's fit. I like CJ as well. You know, I, I get it. And I, I just agree that I just think that there's the talent you have to pay for talent and you have to be willing to say. I, you know you're not gonna always win the the game right you're not gonna always i mean win the win the trade like you're always not gonna say okay we got darren fox but we also got to to fleece them out of a trade like it's never ever 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 gonna happen uh you know all the time doesn't happen all the time and so if you if you're getting darren fox in listen there aren't a lot of two-way players in the league if, mm-hmm. if, if those guys aren't available for a reason because they are <laughs> two-way players right. um but at 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 the same time we're seeing right now like we have Jose Alvarado, who who has defensive accolades. We have that you so, you know, in your tweet you posted out. Gary Clark has defensive accolades. Herb Jones has defensive accolades. Brandon Ingram has taken a step defensively. But, like, at some point, bro, you got to put the ball in the basket. You have to score points. And that is what we are running into time in and time out. Where we get to a point where, like, yeah, the defensive scrappiness is great, but, like, we have Jason Tatum and Brand, and, and Jalen Brown and you don't like we have Joker and you don't. And so you have to have these guys that can put the ball in the basket. And so, you know, I think that I, I'm willing to trade, you know, it, it, I love Josh Hart. I love him to death. I love Mikel. I love Jackson. I hope, you know, some way, somehow they could they could find a way to to, to finesse and get around that. Um, but I think if you're if you're trying to upgrade this team and I think that they should again, I am not on a tank and wagon regardless. you Yeah, yeah, I am not on that. Like, I, I think that the, the move should be made. Uh, this, you know, to, to to keep this this year competitive, uh, I just think that you have to pay for that talent. If it, if it, if I'm at a negotiation table and you know Josh Hart is keeping up a De'Aaron Fox trade, um, you know I I think that I would like grit my teeth, I would cry, I would <laughs> pull up the picture of the of Josh Hart while holding the beignet in the New Orleans uh, shooting shirt when he first came here. But man, twenty five under contract from how many times does this city have a, a superstar that's available to go get if he is available is what i'm saying um but but man he would be he would he would save the the the, the face of david griffin he would save like and, and again what what it would also do is 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 putting is putting faith in fred vincent and, and everything like again fred you've to work magic if you can if you can get darren fox to shoot 35 or something like that percent from three 38 percent from three even 40 like herb is like if you can get him to that like we are good so I, I just think that you know there's a there's a there's a lot to love about darren fox there's a lot to love about cj too you know he's a guard who can get the who can get buckets uh, he's been killing uh since he came back from that collapsed lung which again i can't understand how you come back crazy. from a collapsed lung and going crazy um i love cj but again i am i am i am firmly on the darren fox bandwagon because of the age his ties to the city, um, the way I think that he would buy into Willie Green and into playing for this city, and just his game tempo. Could you imagine a pick and roll with De'Aaron Fox and Zion, or, De- or De'Aaron Fox and Jv? Um, you know, I just think that that's 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 something. Trying to keep De'Aaron Fox from
1: turning the corner. Good luck. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, that kind of brings us into you know what would that look like with Zion. So mm-hmm. Zion posted a picture of himself. Now Zion is one of those guys where he's. Not on social media like that. Uh, he ain't like Jackson. He ain't posting pictures after the game. Like, he is very rarely on anything. But out of nowhere, in the middle of last week, he posted a picture of himself in the middle of in a Pelicans uniform in the middle of the court. And with no words, no caption, no nothing. You heard no update from the team. Nothing came out. What are your thoughts, man? Is it one of those things where he, like, trying to hop us up? Or one of those things where he do not really understand what he's doing to the fans by doing stuff like that? Is there something to make of it or are you just kind of wipe
0: it off? I, I hate to do this, but I have oh, no idea. No. I have no idea, bro. I have no idea. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't like I get it. Like, I it it got me excited. When when you you sent it to me, I don't have Instagram. So you sent it to me. Um, and I saw it and I was like, oh man, they like this is awesome. Like this is incredible. Like Hopefully this is a sign of him, you know, coming back or, you know, at least showing his solidarity with the team. Like, hey, mm. like I may not be there, but like, just know I'm thinking about you guys or like, you know, I'm in a New Orleans Pelicans mind frame right now. Or mm. maybe he just finished some training or something and was watching the highlights or whatever the case is. I was excited about it. I'm always excited to hear from Z. I mean, he's, you know, he's he's a he's a, again another polarizing guy right now. And I just think that as a young man, he is Working his best to try to get back to where he knows he should be and where he could be, um, and, and you know, and, and it sucks that he's not here. But you know, when I when I saw the post, I, I immediately thought of, you know, some of those those posts that like LeBron used to post, where he used to be standing on top of like the the, the logo of the Celtics or the logo of the Knicks and stuff like that, and he'd be like, "Hey, King of New York," or like, mm-hmm. I, "I run, this is my city," or whatever the case is. Um, and I just I just think that Zion is is a guy that. He, he he may not understand, like, those things that happen to, to him, uh, you know, with those pitches, uh, what those kind of things entail or what they do. Um, but I do think that that guy, he knows that this city is, is pulling for him. You know, all of these bad tweets and things that the stories that come out, like, I, I do think when Pell's fans talk and the frustration come out about uh, Zion, I'm going to give you all some, some credit on that. I think that New Orleans is a very passionate place, and I think it is out of love because you see the same people who tweet so bad about Zion. The minute somebody says anything, we are on your butt, but we are yeah. on your head to defend Zion. And I think that is more of a we know how great he can be and how how spectacular of a player he is and how great of a guy he is. We just – we are we 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 see all of these other guys. Like you watch the Grizzlies and you watch how much fun they have and these guys throwing alley-oops and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, windmill dunks and gyres. Putting up forty one and tweeting at NBA, uh, ESPN executives about taking this game off of ESPN, like that's fun. And you know, you watch the the pals and you and you watch them kind of go through the motion. You have Jose like undrafted free agents and mm-hmm. two you know two way players and second round picks leading the team and stuff. And it's just frustrating because you want to be able to experience that. You want to be able to be in that. You want to go back and live that Zion debut where the where the, the the you know the game was packed and you know there was so much love and everything. And so I just think that you know he's a guy that he's aware that the city is is missing him and uh, the team is missing him um and we just want him to be back and you know i i'll give him credit and say that you know it was a, it was a it was an ode to you know the city and to the team to let y'all know hey bro like i'm here like i know it's is ugly is is bad or whatever <laughs> but like he could have posted any picture he could have posted himself in a suit he could have posted himself just a headshot but no he posted himself firmly in a pelicans uniform dribbling the ball at half court um and so it is i'm i'm excited that you know some news might come out soon about him um you know some kind of update um whether it is that he shuts down or not um it's it, you know it is it's, it's going to be going to be a uh, uh, experience on twitter
1: uh, when that news <laughs> comes
0: out um but I, i'm just hopeful that the guy can get back to where he is right now i, I don't know if what he did was a marketing move or, uh, or whatever. But I was just glad to hear from him. I'm glad to see, you know, just to hear anything from Z, man.
1: Yeah, man.
0: I'm I, a naive, I, I'm a naive pop. <laughs> I, I
1: love Zion, man. I hear you, man. I mean, you and I were at that opening game and like, I could see it. I mean, he was standing right next to it. I could see it yeah. on his face. Like it felt like he was hurt that he couldn't play. Like, it felt like he felt like I'm letting my team down. Like that's the vibe I got from standing right next to him. And Man. after the game, I was like, I was like, "You good?" He's like, "We are gonna be good." I, I remember the conversation. I remember that. I remember that. I, and I remember so, that. So, like, I'm, you know, again, the med- the media kills him. You know, everybody kills him. You know, New Orleans fans have killed him and things like that. But every time he gets an opportunity to say what's on his mind, say what his thoughts is, it's always the right thing. It's always. I want to be, play with New Orleans. I just want to play basketball, blah, 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 Whatever his, his family, his third whatever that is, they don't speak for him because every time he talks, he says something positive about the city and the team. So mm-hmm. uh, we hope he gets back. You know, in the next couple of days, we'll find out news, hopefully one way or the other. Hopefully it's not a whole lot of wait more weeks. Just yeah. tell us one way or the other. So mm-hmm. uh, with that being said, one last thing before we get into the of the show uh, in terms of Herb Jones. Trey Murphy got clear from protocols today. The Pelicans are averaging 32% from three over their last 10 games. It's not good. Not great. Not great. Listen, I know Trey's struggling um, defensively to understand the rotations and things like that. But you draft the guy to shoot. Like, if you brought anybody in to shoot other than maybe Devontae Graham, it was Trey Murphy. And everything we've seen from the G League stint to the preseason stint to the summer league stint, He's your best option in order to to shoot the ball from three, and so he's got to get in right. Like he's he's got to get in the rotation right. Like, mm-hmm. would you would you play would you play trade knowing that you he might give up some mistakes on defense, but oh. what he gives you on offense is worth it.
0: Raf, listen to me. I would play trade immediately. I need Trey minutes expeditiously. Listen, I he may he may have defensive lapses right he 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 may have all of these issues but what that what that young man has is young legs and 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 you know and, and three pointers he can he can definitely give you that and so we have been struggling from the three point line as you as you say it has been ugly like i mean it seems like almost every time like we shoot a three i'm like e- like, I mean, so I, I think that he could come in, he can give you some things. The only way to get better at basketball is to play basketball. We saw what happened when he went down to the G League. Um, him and Najee kind of cut up and did their thing, uh, had the time of their lives. And so, <laughs> hopefully, you know, I, I it would have been nice to see him come right off of that game, right into some some gameplay. Why his confidence was high, why he was rolling, why he was kind of, you know, he was on a high, he was feeling himself, but you know, he 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 hit he hit the COVID protocols, um, and it, and it slowed down that thing. but Hopefully he's out of he's out of it now. And I'm seeing people talk about, about about Temple um and his minutes. Like if if we can find minutes for Temple, if we can find minutes for Saturansky, if we can find minutes for all of these guys, like we have to be able to find uh, minutes for him, and he may struggle, he may fall, but you know, behind on defensively. But the only way to to get better at that is to be in those those situations in those trenches. And without Brandon Ingram tonight, and you know, as of right now, I haven't seen anything about Josh Hart or JV playing. I'm not sure if they're playing or not. Um, But without, especially without uh, BI, like you have to be able to score the ball. And if if I'm Willie Green, I'm like, listen, we can't just keep. Trying this, you know, Garrett Temple shooting threes and 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 Josh Hart being our shooter and her being, you know, he's still working on his jump shot now. And, you know, he's still trying to develop his and we're relying on him to make threes, which is not a good, not a good combination. But, you know, Trey Murphy has to be able to come in and give us something. So I'm hoping that he gets some minutes tonight.
1: I agree. So. This the purpose of today's show. Again, we wanted to kind of take a second. Again, it's been a really rough season. Like, obviously, you find out on Media Day that you're gonna be without Zion, and then find out like weeks later that it's indefinitely, and then be I guess when all that stuff happens, like it's it's tough to stay grounded and stay positive. But um, one thing to your point, you tweeted out that has been positive this entire time has been the development of Herb Jones, and part of that is probably a, a, a by factor of the fact that. B.I. hasn't been available all the time, and Zion mm-hmm. hasn't been available all the time, so he was almost forced to grow throughout the season offensively because the points had to go somewhere, right? They had to come from somewhere. And so, we really want to highlight Herb today. So, let, let's start from the beginning, man. This guy, uh, you're right, not on Herb, like this guy is from right down the street, uh, Greensboro, Alabama. Um, he's from the Southeast, like a lot of people on this team. Uh, something I didn't know, his other, bro- his older brother played at uh, Alabama A&M. Uh, he said he modeled his game as his older brother. He said he used to beat him up in the driveway, which you and I both know driveway basketball can make you a tough basketball. Yes, Lord. <laughs> between yes, our Lord. battles, with two-on-twos, between the four brothers, like, man, look. We threw some – we, we, you were a casualty, hurt your yeah, ankle, my, had to get you to the hospital. My, my ankle's still underneath that shit,
0: bro. <laughs> Lord have mercy. But,
1: and so uh, he said he, – he's really talked about that in the past, that like he him and his brother and, you know, something that really rang out to me is that his dad coached him at both high schools. So he went to high school, led him to a 1A. 1A is like the lowest in public school. 1A state title. Um, then the school shut down. He led him to another high school at uh, Hale County High, where his mm-hmm. dad was the assistant coach this time. Um, and Herb led the team to its first state title. He was the 4A player of the year uh, in the state of Alabama and ended up being a four-star recruit. And so something that, you know, that makes a lot more sense to me is that he's a coach's son. And so mm-hmm. a lot of his basketball IQ, a lot of what he gets where you're like, man, how did he know how to do that? Like, you're a rookie. You shouldn't be doing that. It's probably from growing up with his dad being a coach, right? And so he learned so much from that between his battling with his older brother, battling with his pops, his pops made him face off after every game and stuff like that. Like that, that is something that is admirable. And that's like it, it illuminates a little bit about who Herb Jones is and makes it make sense at, at, when you look at him as a fan. And so from a college career standpoint, obviously SEC player of the year, two-time SEC defensive player of the year something I didn't know he withdrew um, from the draft the year before. So uh, he actually yeah. put his name in during the COVID season. And when everything going on, he said, you know what? I'm going to go to Alabama uh, to kind of uh, harm my skills, harm my shooting skills a little bit. So obviously that paid off for him, got drafted by the Pell. So tell me a little bit about what you've seen from the growth of Herb thus far and how knowing a little bit about his background kind of plays into that.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. I, I, I have been so impressed with Herb and I, I I think you know the amount of the amount of attention he's getting kind of it, it is almost a disservice to him because he He is not like that man we i've read you know i've read some things about herb Jones and I, I heard his dad talking about him, right his dad talks about how humble he is right and how you know he he doesn't want the spotlight he does not care what points he scores he does not care where he's playing he does not care what position he's playing obviously um he just wants to win and you know in 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 the document that I was reading, they were talking about how herb uh, his like losing at Alabama a couple to like, it was, it was, uh, they said that it, you could tell it was hurting him. Like it was aggravating him that he couldn't, he couldn't contribute to winning the way he wanted to. Right. And so you talk about being a coach's son. That is something that, again, we talk about like Willie green being a former basketball player and now stepping into coach. There are some things, there are things that like, as a basketball guy, like when you're around basketball your entire life, that when it's time to impart that knowledge onto other people, there's just a different respect. There's a different way of messaging to do that, and you could tell his father Herb Jones Sr. is doing that. And, you know, did that growing up. Uh, you know, while he was growing up and stuff. And so you you look at Herb, and I, I saw on the side we talked about. You know, Trey Murphy being a steal of the draft. I was all on. Man, people are going to be like, "How did Trey Murphy slide to that?" <laughs> And, and Herb was just like this guy that uh, that was like, hey, man, if this guy can do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, we might have one. We might be okay with it, with this pick. And now, man, he is invaluable. He is one of the guys that's like you, you try for years to get a guy that comes in and doesn't care about offense, doesn't care as far as like I need to score points because, like, you see he cares because not only is he working on that shot, We see with Ben Simmons, he's actually taking the shots in games. And and in in a previous game, he was missing a lot, but he was still taking the shots. And so as a guy that is a a defensive first guy who has solidified himself and solidified his presence on the defensive end, when you're developing your game, like you should want your wing player. And I tweeted this. You should want your young wing player to come to, to come and do this right and to play. and and, and to 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 uh, increase his game and things like that and so I I just I'm so impressed with him I'm so impressed with the things that he does um you know on, on both sides of the ball he's been asked to do a lot more like everybody else is but he's like he's taking the challenge head on and you could tell that he's a he's a humble kid from a humble upbringing and his dad and his mom have have you know have done the right things with him and I think that he is a guy like you can pl- have this guy on your team for ten plus years, and he just be a consistent player, and night in, night out. You know exactly what you're gonna get from Herb, and I'm just so grateful that that he's here. And you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm Team, I'm team Herb Jones. Even though we're giving this joint away, I might have to, have me, might have, to have me my own Herb Jones jersey. Yeah. Yes, sir.
1: So if you want to win uh, the jersey, we'll we'll mail it to you. You know, just hit us with the DMs after in the DMs after this, uh, we'll so, figure it out. Yes, uh, uh, the Herb. question. First person to answer correctly, the question we have uh, for the Herb Jones uh, jersey giveaway is: Who offered Herb his first D1 scholarship, and what grade was it? So let me ask you a question: Can I get in on the sweepstakes? No, you cannot. Okay, all right, cool, cool. You are eliminated. Okay, okay, gotcha. Okay, I see everybody's on Google because all of a sudden the chat got quiet. Everybody's <laughs> trying to find <fight> it. <laughs> okay, cool. We all need right. some Jeopardy yeah. music. What Jeopardy yeah, music? Yeah, yeah.
0: We need some. We need. We need Dude. some of that. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a pretty decent question. Cause I mean, you know, as, as, as a guy who, who, you know, wasn't really touted and wasn't really like this, the, I you told me this, like the school is going to surprise everybody um when they get it. um But, but, you know, as, as we, as we get into this six I'm, o'clock, um, bro. no, it's not, not LSU. LSU. No, it's not LSU. We mm-hmm. wish. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah.
1: He definitely hit. Well, that, think that, about it. Think about it. the Pels drafted him in the second round. So it's not like he was a first round pick either. He's been under I guess uh a gym his entire career. Yeah. Um you know, he's been something where people are like, "Man, how do I get a Herb Jones?" right? And then right. he gets there and he's he overperforms all expectations, right? four-year player comes in and plays like uh it's a blessing to have a player like that. Like I, to your point, I don't know I don't know how I don't know how he gets lost. I see a lot
0: of SEC schools. It's not an SEC school. It's not an SEC school.
1: I thought it was an SEC school too. It should have been. I thought LSU, so too. Should have been
0: a, LSU. He was a 4-A player of the year. Yeah, you
1: would think been. that, you know.
0: It should have it should have been, been an SEC school. But you you with, with speaking of that LSU game. That's the game that he wore that uh wore that uh that cast on his arm uh and had them 17 rebounds
1: against LSU. It was crazy. Ooh, Garland is out, that's good. Yeah. Grambling. <laughs> it was not Grambling. That, I'll give y'all a hit. It's in the state of Alabama. Yeah. That's where he's from. Yeah. Ooh, Garland is out. We might we might have a shot tonight, bro. Might have a shot tonight. My man said his fantasy team is struggling. <laughs> wow. UAB Demi Gordon. He found it. Google's Google's finals. Uh, Demi <laughs> Gordon uh hit us up after the show. We got you uh with the Herb Jones. Jersey. It was UAB. What? They actually offered him after his freshman year, which, yeah. you know, they they saw it early, right? They saw they saw the potential early. He ended up going to Alabama, but uh, shout out to him for uh, getting yes, a win. Uh, yes, we'll get you. We'll get your information. We'll do stuff like that. Congratulations! This, all the
0: this, this will be coming your way, Demi guys. Yes,
1: sir. Yes, sir. Um, but with that said, we only got a couple minutes left. to tip games this week. Obviously, we got Cleveland. Uh, we got Detroit tomorrow. Denver again? How we always playing Denver every other week. We play in Denver, and then Houston on Sunday. How do you think the Pels make out? <sighs> we should be able to get the Detroit
0: game. The Detroit is the worst team in league in the league. So mm-hmm. you know we should be able to to get that. Hopefully, Bi is back. Andrew said that they may they they expect him to be back tomorrow. Um, Denver, yeah, I I don't want to think about joking anymore. I've had enough yoga. Yeah, uh, I've had enough yoga for the night. But um. Tonight is going to be tough, even with with Garland out. You know, Jared Allen. They're they're, they're a really good team. They they're really tall and stuff. Um. So so if you could get the Detroit and the Houston game, I I think you know you know we, we might be able to we might be able to go two and two. Yes,
1: yeah, sir. I, I last week was one and three. I don't see the Pels just doing this, man. I don't see them going on a long losing streak. I think that they uh, they fight back. Hopefully, we get BI soon. Uh we need them, but we got JB back tonight, uh Josh Hart back tonight. So we appreciate y'all rock with us. Uh yet again. Hopefully this is a better week um for the Pels. Uh what you got left for the people, Garrett? As always, you never know what people going through. So give somebody a
0: smile today. day. Uh, you know, keep rocking with with the team, bro. it's a lot of lot of games left, a lot of basketball to be played, and um I think some some better things once we get healthy, some better things are on the horizon for the Pels. Be looking for that Zion news anytime soon. Hopefully it's it's something, some good news. Um, or hopefully it's some news, and we don't have to wait, uh, keep waiting anymore. But um, as always, follow myself at Garrick underscore Rattler. Uh, follow my brother at Raphael underscore Rattler. Follow the page on Twitter at Pels Pod, and find uh, follow us on Instagram at the underscore Pels uh, over there. And you know, come holler at us. Come, come talk. Come, we love talking basketball. We love talking Pels. Uh, we live tweet during the game. So um, as always, like the like the page. Um, share some of the the, the videos and the podcasts that you guys see. We love doing this for y'all. We love uh, putting on for y'all. And we appreciate you guys rocking with us. And we'll see you guys next week.